Coming to you from the OCN Studios in the Denver Technological Center, this is OCN Entertainment with Taj Nahar. Hey guys, it's Taj with Our Community Now, and welcome to our new podcast, OCN Entertainment, where every week we were going to break down our favorite things that we're watching in the world of TV and film. And on this week's episode, we are going to break down episode two of season eight of Game of Thrones. With me today is my good buddy, Graham. Graham, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. I'm fantastic. Uh, great to be here. I'm really excited to talk about this episode. Uh, only four episodes left. But I'm super stoked. This episode was was a good episode. It's always those episodes that lead up to a battle. Sure, you're just you're kind of trying to play and see who's gonna die, who's gonna what's gonna happen next. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'm super excited to 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 jump in. So um, I think we were gonna start off with uh, talking about our overall thoughts. So if you wanna jump sure. In. So my thoughts were first of all I. It was a big upgrade from last week. I was not a huge fan of episode one. I understand the need for it. We went 595 days with no thrones, not that I was counting. But the fact is they needed to introduce, reintroduce characters. People needed to meet. It was, it was sort of like a welcome back to Westeros episode. Yeah, and it also is tying back to the beginning episode because the first episode is seeing, you know, um, is seeing the Lannisters and the uh, Baratheons come in and come into Winterfell and it's the kind of that is kind of like not the opening thing but that's the opening episode so they kind of wanted to tie it all together and kind of wrap it up um I'm with you it's a little it was super slow paced it was kind of just oh yeah a little cheesy too the the John riding a dragon thing like you knew it was going to happen but I thought the way they did it just going for like a magic carpet ride before he found out who he really was was bizarre to me I wasn't a big fan of that but Fine, right? Yeah, and then they there also, are other things to worry about. They also about. had the the thing with um with uh, the master of onions. Uh, what's his name again? The uh, Onion Knight. The Onion Knight. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Sir yeah. Davos Siwa. Yeah, and he's going and talking with Gentry mm-hmm. and saying, "I thought you would still be rowing." And like, I mean, it, it is a nice shout out to fans, and I think those moments are good. But the whole like riding the like they could have made it a little bit. They make too much cheese. A little less, some of those yeah, things. a little less cheese. Like would if they have been just nice. hand a little bit of cheese, sure. like I like it a lot. But sure. if too much cheese kind of breaks into it. And so on that note, left the first episode excited that Thrones was back, a little disheartened. I'm like, man, I hope this isn't just a happy-go-lucky, let's just please the fans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't in this episode. I will say that this episode two was certainly a love letter to the characters. It was very intimate. A lot of more reunions, obviously we'll get into it, but mm-hmm. with Jamie coming in uh, back to King's Landing and uh, some of the other things that we're going to talk about, it was it was Thrones, it was classic Thrones in the writing style, in the pacing. It was heartfelt, it was emotional, it was funny, but it was also, hey, everyone's going to die soon, so mm-hmm. this is your last, feel good about them now, because exactly. they're not going to be here for much longer. Yeah, exactly, and I think it's it was great, talking about the characters, I think it shows the evolution of some characters really well, like Jamie, for example, that opening scene, I mean, he says it himself, he's not the same person. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can see kind of the overall arching. Also, you know, Tyrion also, his his big arc. I mean, last episode, being told by Sansa that he used to think he was, or she used to think that he was the smartest man in King's Landing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, just finding out that, you know, even people that you think are the smartest people 
can make mistakes and agreed. Yeah, and I think that's one of the great things about this show is that there is no you know classic protagonist or antagonist characters who are certainly villains like Jamie Lannister at the beginning of the show you know eight seasons ago are now fan favorites. Characters like Danny who were fan favorites early on are, are starting to kind of evolve in different ways that you kind of hope they don't. So I think that's just right. the beauty of the storytelling of this show and obviously of the source material and yeah. how it's being translated onto screen is fascinating for us all to watch and so. people are more complicated in real life so we don't like to have this really simplistic black unless, and white unless sure. we're in in comedy i like really simplistic things in comedy <laughs> just so that i know where people stand sure but when it comes to drama like you want to be able to have like this multifaceted person because that's how we are in real life so it, like it grips you even more but at at times you're just like why did that character do that you get so you get angry at that character like you know danny just you know i'm I'm really upset at the beginning of the episode, and let's just actually let's just jump into it because we're yeah. we kind of have talked about our, our feelings about the episode. But sure. to start with, you know, Jamie's trial, like that beginning scene, like I think we've heard it enough from Danny, you know, about you know her father and like how uh, you know how he was and how she's got a thing to the to the uh, to the throne um, a claim to the throne a claim sure. to the throne and it's kind of like yeah we hear we've heard it we've heard it and you've said it yourself that you're fa- you're not your father and he, your father was a kind of a, a crazy tyrant and uh, so her coming in and just being like talking about the uh, the situation and just saying yeah my brother and I used to dream about what we would do to you I'm like right. I kind of get it because it's kind of what, like what we're sure, saying it's her first time seeing it's her first time seeing Jamie Lannister ever in the flesh and this is the man in fact who did kill her father sure. right and uh, forced her and her brother into exile and sort of kickstarted a lot of the you know uh, effect, a lot of the things that happened in this entire show so you knew that it was going to be tense mm-hmm. and then you have Tyrion who's there trying to defend his brother but also knows that his brother's n- difficult to defend at times so that whole sequence I thought was extremely well written you right. see you know Danny has this look in her eye like I want you dead yeah. Jamie's kind of humbling himself like I've made mistakes you don't know the whole story I'm here to fight for the living I'm not this the man who I was and then you know sort of the climax of that is Brienne of Tarth stepping up and defending him saying this is a man of honor Mm -hmm. and all of that power dynamic I mean you go back to I think it was like season five when it was the Jamie and Brienne were kind of doing their thing or maybe earlier in the show um and you know he saved her many times he lost his hand trying to save her he saved her from being attacked from a bear so this is her way of sort of paying it back Mm -hmm. to him um and then sansa sort of gets in on the action by saying hey if brienne vouches for him then i vouch for him we're good place closed uh conversation over and then everyone dips and danny's like yo i'm queen you can't come at me like that so and it's fascinating and kind of frustrating to me in that sense like Everyone's going to die soon, right? Or we we know that an epic battle's coming and right. we still can't get past partisan politics, right? Um, and it's just kind of fascinating because at the end of the day, these are still human, right? right. And we are, are complicated creatures and it, it isn't always so black and white for us. But that's Sansa's new, like that's her, that's her go-to. That's mm-hmm. what she's good at now mm-hmm. is the politics yeah. because she's been through all of the craziness and she's learned from everything mm-hmm. and... Her time um, with Cersei, her time in King's Landing. Littlefinger, yeah. yeah, the craziness of Littlefinger exactly. and how well he can maneuver mm-hmm. and ahead of the, the... Manipulate pieces for yeah. a bigger... Yeah, well, be two, two steps ahead. Sure. So I think she's still playing that game where 
she knows that it's going to be a, a battle, mm-hmm. but she also just wants to make sure that, you know, that she's got it set up where if the battle is won, that this she's still going to be strong. And um, leading into that, it goes right into the Sansa and, and Danny conversation. Right. And at the end of that conversation, her last thing is, you know, we lost the North. We what took about, it back. We took it back. And now what happens if we do win? What happens? We're not bending the, the knee to you. Yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. So again, politics, like girls, you might be dead tomorrow, but let's have let's hash it out and have a cat fight about, you know, is the North a free and independent part of the realm that's not subject to you and your rule we're independent right. so um it's interesting to see that dynamic on screen as a fan of the show it is great to see danny interact with sansa on a one-on-one basis from where they've come from to where they are now um, obviously all of these characters are friends off screen and it kind of shows that there is chemistry there but there is that dynamic i mean danny's looking sansa and i saying i love your brother this is who i am this mm-hmm. is what i want to do we're on the same page great we have a moment and but what happens when it's over it's like we're good now but there's still an issue later we'll see what happens that that was great cinematography with the hand scene oh yeah like she puts her hand on top of sansa's hand and then right when sansa sees that she's like comforted for a second and then it's like well, let's see if this is, if you're gonna feel that way after, after I, I say really what tell I have you. to say. Yeah. Exactly. And then yeah. she's like, eh, not so that. much. Yeah, uh, which is also interesting on the fans' side. We know that they're talking about Jon Snow, right. but we know him as now Aegon, Aegon Targaryen. Right. So now we're just both like, do you guys even know? Yeah. What, what is you're really talking happening? About? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. What's what you're even talking about? So I mean, you're talking about your cousin and your. Wait, she's her nephew, right? Uh, John yeah, Snow's so, nephew. so yeah, yeah Jon yeah. Snow is yeah. is Daenerys's nephew, yeah, so. um, and Sansa's cousin. Yes, yeah. So it's interesting that Sansa's all about family. I right. mean, it's good that it's still a cousin, but a co- right. is a cousin still blood for her? I, I, I That's going to so. be the still question. Stark. When that I mean, he's half Stark, half Targaryen. That's so we'll very see. true. I'm really interested to see, and kind of skipping up just a little bit to see um, how Jon interacts with fire because he hasn't really interacted with fire throughout this show and obviously I think that's been by design it's going to be interesting to see how you know if he does end up riding a dragon you know with Daenerys in the next episode against the Night King and if he's immune to fire because we've never really seen that yet Mm -hmm. so anyways don't want to skip ahead too much but what else you got for us Um, I think the next thing to talk about is kind of the scenes before we know that or right after we find out that um, that the the army is coming and is coming within the, the before night, before yeah. the sunrise. So within the night, um, so you kind of see these split shots of all these different kind of relationships that are happening. So you know the first one is kind of the room full of people. You've got Brienne of Tarth. You have Jamie Lannister. You have Tyron. Um, who else do you have? In Tyri- so you have um, in that scene, you have Brienne of Tarth and Podrick. You have yep, Jamie Podrick. and yep. Tyrion. Yep. And then you have Tormund and Sir Davos yeah. Seaworth. And yeah. to me, this is, in my opinion, the one of the greatest non-action sequences in Game of Thrones history. I thought the writing was spectacular. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was heartfelt. Obviously, when Jamie ends up knighting Brienne, like, I'm sobbing uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful epic Mm -hmm. moment um Tyrion is quick-witted and he's clever as always um and then Tormund is just the MVP of comedy on this whole thing just talking about you know giant's milk and how he killed a giant and slept with his wife and uh, the whole uh, the whole dynamic of that just seeing these people from different walks of life and different stories interact knowing like hey we're probably all gonna die tomorrow and just how 
they all interact with each other. It was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Podrick and his and his angelic voice. I mean, question for you. Is that what Podrick did to those girls back in season two? Did oh, okay. he sing to them? I don't know. You know, because everyone wants to know, what did Podrick do to these girls? Very well could have been that. Well, just an I mean, idea. he's... He's got away with the ladies. Let's just say that much. <laughs> exactly. But the the Tormund um, memes that I was seeing are fantastic. I mean, <laughs> to say the so least. Great. Yeah. And <laughs> Tormund's like the best when he rolled into town, and he's like, "Is the big lady still here? <laughs> yeah, the big woman still here? <laughs> yeah." That's all he cared about. He's like, he, at John, so it's like, how much time do we have? Oh, first of all, he's like, if they're not here, they're with them now. And uh, and John's like, how much time do we have? He's like, before the sun comes up. And then he just looks around. He's like, is the big woman here? <laughs> yeah, like he so did. Great. That's all he wants. That's he just great. wants one night with Brienne. I'm on team Jamie and I mean, I'm excuse me. I'm on team Tormund and Brienne. I know there's a lot of people that are team Jamie and Brienne, yeah. and they have a good relationship. But I don't. I I think that Jamie showed the amount of love that he has for Brienne, sure. but I don't think it's anything romantic. Right. I don't think, I think there's a loving, like you helped me and you helped me change and see and understand that there is still a good person inside of me and that I can change and that it's easy. It's not sure. easy to change, but that change is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his respect for her shows by him knighting her and it's kind of a kind of a close up to show you know, I care a lot about you, but it's not on a romantic level as well. So it's like, it's the ultimate thing that he can give to her. Um, but it would be interesting because he also is going to fight in her side um, right. on, on the, the battlefield. Battle. So yeah. that would be interesting to see. I, you think maybe Brienne might save him or is it going to be, it might be the vice versa. Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't want to make any predictions about next week's episode yet just because I feel it's one of those things where, it's been so hyped, right? Yep. Took 55 days to film. Battle of the Bastards took 26 days. It, it's almost like a superhero movie because you have so many main characters fighting a common enemy. The The teaser looked beyond epic, right? I mean, uh, there has to be a, dra- a dragon sequence where Ice Dragon, Fire Dragon, and Winterfell. Um, we know that some people are going to fall. I just don't know how it's going to happen. I'm just really excited. I'm, I'm really excited to see how it all takes place. And I, and I like... This being an anticipation episode, you know, that Game of Thrones isn't coming out with just bang, 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 and, you know, that's it. But really getting back to its roots of these intimate characters having really precious moments with each other. And that's sort of, for me, what let me fall in love with the show in the first Mm -hmm. place. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Because it wasn't just a superhero, nothing but action type of sequence. The battle scenes are obviously great. and. We love them, but I mean, even in the first season, what we don't get any no battles. real battles. You get the battle. You get a battle of Blackwater Bay in episode two. two. I mean, uh, season, season two. two. Yeah, um, and that was fine, but it was you know, sm- relatively small scale to where they've grown, and the show's still been immensely popular. Mm-hmm. It's all about the the Character. characters and and where they go and how they grow. So, yeah. and so let's go kind of. I mean, talking about next week's episode, they're sure. kind of planning for next week's episode. So they jump into this war room with a bunch of different people in right. there. Um, I think this leads, you know, there's a couple things that are interesting. So um, we got Brand being all... Brand. Uh, uh, like in the corner, just kind of not saying anything. And then when something comes up, automatically he says something and everyone's like, what the heck is he talking about? Right. So one of the big things, though, is, and it's an interesting topic, is that... We all know he's a three-eyed raven, so he controls the past, and he can look in the past, and he can control, and he's and he can control other creatures or human yeah, beings. Yeah, can work into him. Yeah. Yep. And um, 
one of the things that he says is the Night King's going to come for me. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. We, so now we know that Bran has seen or knows something about his powers, and the Night King knows something about his powers. Um, and one thing that I was reading about was talking about the, th- uh, the Night King doesn't just kill people and turn them into uh, walkers. What he does is destroy everything. So destroy the past, destroy everything so that you're completely dead. Mm-hmm. Because there's a, you know, all the characters that have died up to now, they have a past. They have where we can look into books and history and see what what is uh, gone on what they have done but the night king is, it sounds like uh with going after the three-eyed raven is he would destroy everything correct because bran represents sort of humanity's memories right mm-hmm. and if you destroy bran you destroy humanity's memories which means that in essence you have completely destroyed humanity and it sort of goes back to the creation of the white walkers uh in some of the earlier episodes i think it might have been season five or even season six actually um when bran slowly becomes a three-eyed raven and he goes back in time and he sees sort of the creation and you know the children of the force created the white walkers to save themselves from mankind mm-hmm. because mankind had become so aggressive and so violent that they were killed destroying each other and destroying the planet if you would so they needed something they needed an ally to help them in their fight mm-hmm. so it was presented right so with thrones you never know if the story that we were told is the real story right. so there's a lot left to still be discovered but i think that is also fascinating in the sense that brand knows what's going on um, and back to this whole war room thing, you have everyone trying to figure out how we're going to do. And you, if you look at the scene of the actual war room, you have Winterfell, a couple little pieces, and then everything else is just the White Walkers mm-hmm. and the White. So the odds are not in their favor. And there's a nice little moment where Theon says, you know, I'll fight for you. I'll defend you, that sort of thing. And obviously that's a very nice moment for his character. Um, but it is, it all comes down to we have to protect Bran, you know? And, and um, Bran gave uh, Theon the typical Bran head nod. Yeah, the head nod. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all you get. Like, I'll defend you, sure. Um, and we'll see what happens uh, at that point. But there are a lot of theories. You know, there's a theory that, you know, could Bran be the Night King or could Bran warg into a wolf or one of his wolves or ghost, for instance, or could he warg into a dragon? Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine last night when we watched the show and he had this crazy theory, uh, which he could probably better articulate but what if Bran warged into the Mad King way back in the day, caused him to go mad? Jamie Lannister ends up killing the Mad King um, for good reason, and then it kind of comes full circle when Jamie pushes Bran out the window. He's in essence trying to kill Bran mm. or potentially sort of, you know, the Night King before things get bad. But the fact that he doesn't die from that fall turns brand into the three-eyed raven which then causes more disruptions um throughout this whole story right so that's a wild theory getting deep <laughs> there are a lot of other really bizarre wild theories in there i've heard theories that theon Greyjoy is really a great sea god that can manipulate ice and turn it into water to protect brand from dragons and things of that nature who knows what's even happening. there even for an out there show that's a little bit out there but is it though? I mean, anything is possible. That's true, right? But because I mean. we already know that it's not going to have a singular narrative. We already know that yep. the Night King isn't only hell bent on destruction. There's there's more to his story. Um, what I'm most interested and nervous for is who becomes part of the Night King's army. That as of today, are one of our favorite mm-hmm. characters. Could it be Daenerys? Could she turn to a Night Queen? Could it be Brienne of Tarth? I mean, who could it be Podrick? I don't know. Don't but know. when people die, they don't stay dead. What is dead may never die, as they say. So we'll see. Did you have anything else about the War Room? I, I 
think that's about it for me for the war room. I mean, I, it's yeah, a very quick scene. It I mean, is a quick scene. The only thing is where they're going to hide Bran and, like, you know, Theon's going to protect him, but they're just... He's and the Ironborn, but I mean, and then there's some other yeah. scenes like in the trailer that we see for the next episode. There's some other people that are there. I don't know. I mean, obviously Tormund. I mean, his moment. He okay. he's like, "This is our last night on Earth," and he just stares at Brienne like, "Hey, girl, this is it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Now's that, our chance." That is, that you know, so. another classic Tormund movement. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. I, the, so jumping into the last little bit of the episode, sure. the big part is you know Jon Snow talking to uh, Danny in the. Um, the Crips. The Crips and, uh, you know, telling her what he knows, that he is Aegon Tar- Targaryen and uh, that he, um, yeah, is basically her nephew. And the first thing out of her mouth is that sh- he has, he's the last male heir in the Targaryen family to have a claim to the throne. Right. And so she is- knows, the first thing that she says is that you have a claim to the, you have a better claim to the throne than I do. Right. Which is bizarre because you're sitting in the Crips and, you know, it, it, the look on John's face is he now has peace with who he is because it makes sense to him, right? right? So he knows who he is. He's understanding. He knows he has to tell Danny. So he tells her. He doesn't say anything about having a claim to the Iron Throne. Mm. I don't personally don't think John wants it. He just wants to survive. He's already died. Right. He's come back. Yep. He's a man of honor. He's he's not power hungry. He doesn't care about it. Right. Um, they're bigger fish to fry mm-hmm. per se. Um, and Danny looks at him shook, but is like. I'm more concerned that you could take my throne as opposed to me f-ing my nephew. Or excuse me, me <laughs> no, sleeping with my nephew. Yeah, no, um, I mean that is that is one of those things that you're just like. Which wait makes me think she's more power hungry than anything because even last episode, when Sam tells John who he is, he's like, "You gave up your crown to save your people. Would she do the would same?" She do the same. And now I don't think she would because she's so power hungry. She's so focused on that that she's. She wants the Iron Throne. Yeah. She wants that's it. Nothing else matters, um, and it could lead to a lot of uh, destruction on on her behalf. I can give her a little bit of credit that it is at a really weird moment. Sure. I mean, I mean, John wants to do it before the battle, but it is at a weird moment, and it is kind of like she's had all these feelings, and then also like dealing with what she wants to, uh, how she wants to get over to um, sit on the throne. And then all of a sudden he kind of just throws this bombshell at her and Mm -hmm. she's kind of just like stuck in that moment. So I kind of give her a little bit of credit, but I agree with you. I think it does show that she is very power hungry and it's, I mean, it's been her life. She said at the beginning, it's been her life. This is what she's thought of Mm -hmm. since childhood is to, she has the rightful claim to the throne. And then all of a sudden someone tells her, no, you don't. She's kind of rustling with that. So that would be interesting to kind of see where what happens there. Sure. Um, bigger, though, also is, is is that going to affect her their situation? Is, are, is she going to bend the knee? Is that going to be the thing? Is, yeah. is it going to go if back John to the other wants side? it. That's the thing. If John wants it, then he's like, I am Aegon Targaryen. Yeah. This is my throne. Or does he say, I don't really care. We got to get through tonight first, and then we'll deal with all the politics of it later. Because here's the thing. You know, who know? We know that the epic battles, episode three. Mm-hmm. There are three more ninety-minute episodes yep. that are going to follow this episode, right? So there's a lot that still has to happen. So Winterfell might be done with, but well, I we don't still have think... everything that's going on in King's Landing, exactly. And the the and Golden Company and everything with correct Cersei. with Cersei, with what everything that's happening, and then also I think that the Night King's real motives will be revealed either in this next episode or the episode following this episode, yep. and I think it's 
my opinion is it's goes beyond Winterfell and beyond King's Landing. I mm. think that there's another story that hasn't been revealed yet. They mm. need to get somewhere to do something. Mm. Maybe lift the curse. Maybe sure. the curse of the Children of the Forest. Maybe right. they have to go yeah. to another place that we haven't even been to yet, somewhere down south, to do something to then lift the curse. Who knows, right? So um, everyone's caught up on, you know, obviously next week's this epic battle, and I can't wait to talk about it with you next week, but there's more to this story, mm-hmm. right? We know that it's not the end of thrones right Right. oh yeah it's going to be the end of some of these character arcs and where they go from here is is really where the show's gonna kind of bring yeah it's the calm before the storm and just get ready the storm's happening um right end scene we see the white uh the whites and the one thing that i am noticing is that they aren't showing the night king Mm -hmm. or the um what's the dragon that changed uh viserion um so we don't know where he is Uh Um, now there's two big plot areas, so it's King's Landing and Winterfell. Is he going down? Is he taking another group and going down to King's Landing to take on King's Landing um, to try and turn as many people and then take Winterfell from both sides? Um, is he just is this just a hook mm-hmm. for the next episode and to get people to talk about it? Because Game of Thrones are really good at that. Um, or is there some other dubious plan that he has and he knows he needs to stay back because as they said in the war room, you know, if you kill the night King, then all of everyone else will fall. Potentially. Yeah. A lot of them could fall. Yeah. yeah, That's, that's their thing. So I think, you know, Thrones is brilliant at what they show us and what they don't show us. Right. So the horse hooves that we saw was all we saw in the entire, um, all the trailers Trailers, leading up to the show. I personally think that it could be just something as simple as just like when they took the wall down at the end of season seven, the army arrives first, and then the very next scene or clip is the dragon flying mm-hmm. over behind them. You yeah. know, um, and he has at this point he has to have over a couple hundred thousand people in his army, so maybe getting things organized ready for. It. But uh, I think next se- next episode is going to open up. Let's go. We That's got we fantastic. got things. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So. I don't think he's heading to King's Landing yet. Um, I don't think that makes sense to me, but anything's possible. I think the issue at hand is we somehow got to get take care of Winterfell. We got to get Bran. How that plays out, what that looks like, we don't know. And then what happens after that? I'm not sure. Um, it is going to be beautiful and fascinating to watch. And I'm terrified, right? Because yeah. I left last night's episode feeling good inside because it was a, it was a, a love letter to the characters you really feel for them there were, it was beautiful moments um the reasons we fell in love but you know like they do they're 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 doing this to us just so that they can rip us apart yeah and then so the last thing i want to kind of talk sure. about is uh my roommates and i after watching always go on twitter and just watch for all the memes the memes were blowing up about aria mm-hmm. and gent ray last night obviously I think it's within Arya's character to be in that situation and do that, do what she did. <laughs> but I, I think it's a very interesting, interesting thing about that character and kind of Arya. Definitely, everyone was blown up and being like, "Oh, I don't know if I want to see this. It's she's young, blah 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 blah." Obviously, the actor's twenty two, sure. and she, but her character's eighteen, right. and, and and it's a very interesting situation because Arya's probably been the one that's changed i wouldn't say the most but definitely has the become the most diverse character that i've you see that she has much respect and love for john um aegon and um 
and that you can see that interaction, but then there's still this hardness to her that you that you see. And you know, when um, Gentry and her were talking about needle, and he was saying, "Oh, have you used it?" and she said, "Only a couple of times." Yeah, and you twice. just saw this smirk on her face, like. So it's it's an interesting situation, but obviously, you know, my roommates and I were just laughing at all the memes that were coming. There are a lot of good memes, and and to your point, on it was a it was a, it was an interesting scene. She was thirsty, but I mm-hmm. also think that the with this whole episode, it, it it's about what different groups of people do. On their knowing, last night. Yeah. yeah, that it it could be their last night alive. Yeah. Some people want to make love. Some people want to drink and get drunk. Some right. people want to spend time with friends and family. Uh, some people want to laugh. Um, some people just want to get ready for it mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, and she even said, she's like, I want to know what it feels like before pretty much we die. Um, and you knew that there was always this chemistry between right. Arya and Genji. And even Genji's kind of taken back like, my lady, it, like that's the is, thing. Is it chemistry between Arya and Gentry, or is she really just trying to see what it's like? Is it? I a think physical, it's chemistry. I yeah. definitely think it's chemistry. Couple, couple, uh, yeah. uh, combination. It's right? combination. Yeah. I might die tomorrow. I don't want to die a virgin. Yeah, yeah. And I've kind of had the hots for you ever since I saw you swinging your axe. You know, <laughs> like six seasons ago when I was twelve, and I know it's weird now. Yeah. And so as a viewer, you're like, oh shit! Like she's starting to take her clothes off, and you kind of have to see because you see this kid grow up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so you know, there's a little tasteful side boob mm-hmm. and a little crack in there. Um, sure, you know, mm-hmm. leave it to Game of Thrones. Yeah. You got to do a little something. Right. But thankfully, I think it would, uh, I think it, there would have been more uproar if like she had done the whole full nude or right. something like that. That would have been a little too much. But I thought it was tastefully done, and I just think it goes to show that you know people are. Ready to roll. Going back to the Podrick scene, during that montage where he's singing, they cut to a couple different people. So they cut to not only the people at the fireplace, mm-hmm. they cut to Sam and Gilly. Mm-hmm. They cut to Arya and, and Genji. Genji's passed out. Arya has her eyes open. Yeah. So obviously she's thinking. She's ready to go. Yeah, she's yeah. ready to go. She, 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 she got, got it. She's like, yeah, she got her. She's like, yo, I'm ready. <laughs> like, that was great. Now I'm ready to kill some she's people like, because I want now I have something to fight for. It's her yeah. first time, and she's yeah. trying to think on how she slips out of the slips out without him waking up yeah it's like how do i leave leave? but then also how do i come back and see you again gendry because that was great and now i want to go kill some people but you have to live because this has to happen and then there's the sansa and theon which is kind of cute but it was very quick that's also bizarre like is i don't think sansa's necessarily in love with theon but she does thank him for saving her and the fact that she he didn't kill brandon rickon you and know. I think it's this idea of that she understands that he's been through a lot of torture, mm-hmm. <laughs> and because uh, she has um, through um, Joffrey mm-hmm. and the whole Lannister crew, um, so like she's been through very similar things and understands um, how it can change a person and how it can influence actions. Yeah, and she's done some things that she regretted, you know, like writing that letter and all those other things that she's done. Um, so she understands, and I think it's just this understanding moment for her. But I, I, I'm really weirded out by Sansa now. She's kind of like taking on – she's smart and intelligent, but at the same time I'm, I'm kind of – she's kind of too cold now. But I guess that's kind of what they're trying to do is say yeah. that, like, when you go through a lot of these traumatizing things, it can make you cold. Yeah, and, and, and a stronger person, but a little cautious, a little yeah, cynical we'll, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you go through what Sansa's been through, and you know the fact that she's even alive right. uh, says a lot. But she is; she's calculated, she's smart, she's not trusting. Yeah, um, and she's not even going to back down. She knows that Daenerys has dragons, and she was even saying, "Doesn't matter. The yep. North is the North. We're not bending to you." Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that power dynamic plays out, yep. especially with the battle. Like, are they going to be able to put their shit to the side? 
for an episode while they fight. I mean, if if Danny is still yelling at people to bend mm-hmm. the knee when in the middle of a battle, I'm like, all right, you've gone too far. Yeah, but, yeah. So we'll see. So if you to wrap this up, sure. What would you give? You know, zero out of ten, ten being the best. What what rating would you give this episode? Nine for sure. Nine for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd give it like I think an eight is where I'm at. Okay. Um, maybe a seven point eight. Um, oh, wow. I I I like these episodes. But there's little bits that I, I, I think they could speed up or even do a little bit differently. Like, they have all this, they have this time, and I think that, you know, Sansa, I think, is one that I was also, like, this episode. I like the Sansa and, and the Danny stuff, but it just, it was a little bit of, it's too much, too a little bit for someone that's supposed to be good at being politics. I think it's too, like, we already know kind of that situation. We already know how she feels. And so I think it's showing Danny how she feels, but I think they could have done it a little bit differently. I also think that maybe seeing a little bit more of the uh, of the white army mm-hmm. m- marching forward just to see kind of like the progress and see a little bit more of that because it, as it was, it was a great recap. It was a great, like, feel-good episode, and it's setting us up, but there's just a little bit missing. But it's definitely one of the best set-up ones, sure. that, uh, set-up episodes. That yeah, I agree. For for a non-battle sequence, um, non-dragon, you know, mm-hmm. type episode, I thought it was brilliant. There were also, we didn't even talk about some of the great moments between Jamie Lannister and Tyrion. Mm. I think even before Brienne, show, uh, Brienne and Podrick showed up, there was a line, something to the effect of, I would love to see the look on Father's face to see his two sons yeah. in Winterfell fighting for the Starks. Starks right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, it was just brilliant. You know, yeah. uh, things like that. But as a fan of the show, someone who's watched it I can't even tell you how many times I've watched every episode, but it, I liked it because it went back to Game of Thrones roots. Like yep. in recent yeah. years, it became dragons and battles yep. and these epic set pieces and sequences. But in the early days, some of the best moments were Tyrion just bantering with the small council, Cersei having arguments with her brother. Yep. You know, moments like that is re- really what made the show what it is. So it was kind of a, an ode, if you would, to some of those OG moments and episodes yeah. uh, in the early years, right before, you know, everyone's about to die. Yeah. And so lastly, I think, uh, right as we wrap this up, what who do you, do you think... First of all, do you think everyone survives? Yes or no? Rapid fire. Do you think everyone, all the main characters are still human. No, not all the main characters, Do you no. think some main characters end up continuing on as White Walkers? Uh, main characters, probably Maybe not, like but a side, of Tarth yeah, or a side characters, yeah, or something yeah, like definitely that. Definitely side characters, you definitely. Think, so not only will they die, but they'll be resurrected Just as... Just think of this, like, Jamie, and I don't think Jamie is a main character, I think of him as, like, one sub, and I think that he or Brienne will have to turn, and one of them will have to kill the other. I could see that. Yeah. So a little that's, poetic that's one, in yeah, that yeah, sense. Yeah. Like it's you're like, a white walker now, now I have to kill you, but I don't want to, but it's heartbreaking. So right. yeah, yeah exactly. I see that. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, that's how I feel about that one. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Graham, that about wraps it up. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of OCN Entertainment. Pleasure's uh, all Thank mine. you to OCN Studios uh, for uh, making this possible for all of us. Uh, thank you to my producer, Josh. He kills it um, week after week. Love it. And can't wait for next week. It is the battle. It's what we've been waiting for, the living against the dead. Winter is here. Winter is here. I'm terrified. I'm excited. Um, we'll see all you right. next week. See you next week. Bye. This has been OCN Entertainment with Taj Nahar. Brought to you by OCN. 
our community now. To know more about what's going on in your community, for all the latest updates, information, news, and weather, head over to ourcommunitynow.com.